Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 192. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and feline gynecologist co-host. Say hi, Abby. <coughs> Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on future birth control injections for cats. Our topics for this week are the need for Readily accessible and affordable non-surgical means for creating infertility in cats. And anti-malarian hormone effects on fertility. Overpopulation of domestic cats is a significant problem in the United States. Approximately 3.4 million cats enter animal shelters each year, and 1.4 million are euthanized. Between 30 and 80 million cats are unowned, and a large percentage are free-ranging and never presented to an animal shelter. Free-ranging cats are indiscriminate killers of wildlife, especially native songbirds and game birds. They also spread diseases to other cats, such as feline leukemia virus, immunodeficiency virus, and panleukopenia. Diseases transmitted to people include cat scratch fever, which is also called bartonellosis, plague, ringworm, hookworm, salmonellosis, leptospirosis, rabies, and toxoplasmosis. They're the only species that can transmit toxoplasmosis a cause of abortion in women, via their feces. Control of cat populations requires surgery. Castration, also called neutering in males, and spay operations in females. A spay is a major surgery requiring deep anesthesia, an incision into the abdomen, and excision of the entire uterus in both ovaries. The time and resources required for spay operations require significant expense, often beyond the financial means of animal shelters and low-income cat owners. A hormone injection has now been shown to possibly be a means of preventing fertility in female cats for at least two years. Its anti-mullerian hormone combined with a viral vector Anti-malarian hormone is a hormone normally produced by the ovaries and testicles. Finding no anti-malarian hormone in a dog or cat's blood sample suggests it's been neuters or spayed. The malarian ducts are a primitive form of the uterus and a fetus. Both genetic females and genetic males have them. If the fetus produces a large amount of anti-malarian hormone, the uterus does not develop further. 
This occurs normally in a male fetus, and the uterus does not form. Fetal females do not produce large amounts of anti-malarian hormone. As a result, their malarian ducts do continue to develop into the uterus, the cervix, and the upper portion of the vagina. And young to adult females, anti-malarian hormone aids in the selection of the most developed eggs to be released from the ovary. A single anti-malarian hormone injection combined with a viral vector enables muscle tissue to produce anti-malarian hormone in large amounts, suppressing the growth of ovarian follicles and causing infertility for at least two years. It also suppresses egg production and release, but it does not affect estrogen production. The proof of concept of a safe, injectable, long-term infertility treatment is a major breakthrough for ecology and the humane care of cats. Although this treatment is not yet available outside of research labs, it might be widely available within a few years. Major funding for this study was provided by the Mickelson Found Animals Foundation, the Joni Bernard Foundation, and the Department of Surgery of Massachusetts General Hospital. If you have comments or are interested in particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Feral cats can be ecological terrorists. A spay operation is a major surgery at considerable expense. A single anti-malaria injection with a viral vector can produce safe infertility in cats. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my recent books, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, and Concise Textbook of Large Animal Handling, all published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is provided at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 150 podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about some dangerous habits of horse handlers and riders, part two. Hey, Abby, you've been spayed. Would you have rather had an injection of anti-malarian hormone? She said, careful, buddy. Ever hear of HIPAA?